Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, girl, hey. Welcome to Taste of Taylor, my weekly podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Strecker, of the live daily talk radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show. So here's the deal. On my radio show, we're like married up in there, okay? Yeah, like till death do us part. Or until you want a divorce. Totally up to you. But this podcast is where we date. Yes, you date me. You like, you get to know me. You try me on. You feel me out. And this is where I get to woo celebs, tastemakers, and influencers into falling in love with me. Anyone who knows me knows I'm like a professional social climber. And yeah, I wear that title like a badge of honor. But for real, my favorite part of being in the radio industry for 12 plus years is getting to meet interesting, inspiring, and exceptional people and getting them to talk about the pettiest things in the world. So if you love real talk with a touch of cattiness and a ton of laughers, then you're in the right place. I hope you enjoy this little snack. Cover. <laughs> Okay, here, away I go. And then we'll get a cocktail. What are we drinking? Um, <laughs> everything. I don't know. Oh, I, I like that. I'm done after, I'm, we're done after this in terms of like Taylor? work. My Taylor? Yeah. She's hungover as fuck in bed. <laughs> Lauren, Lauren drank enough last I night to kill a small I village. Drank so much last night. I'm so hungover. I ordered in Taco Bell. Don't judge me. And, I love Taco Bell. and then I was like a new woman. I was like, I'm ready. Okay, um, I just want to get like my my notes no. out, and by notes I mean screenshots of your life. Michael oh doesn't do any podcasts, by the way. I know I feel so honored. He is like lo- so excited. To do well, no, podcast. it's not that. It's just that I, you know, my my time is so sl- I, like I just, it's miserable, and so I just I, I have Test. to be selective. Well, thank you, doll. I feel hashtag honored. I okay. do it with people that I really really enjoy. Oh. I'm going to keep that in. Okay. Hey, girl. Hey, welcome to my weekly podcast. That's the intro. Taste of Taylor, where I interview celebs, bravo lebs, tastemakers, influencers. And I mean, I'm talking to Michael Bostick right now. Hey, boy. Hey. I don't know if I'm any of those things. I was going to say, which one are you? I don't know. I don't think I fit the category. Hopefully I can deliver here. Well, maybe through like um, through marriage influencer. Through marriage. (laughs) I get listen. I get a lot of. The runoff, good and bad. Is that the right way to say it? Probably not. Certainly not a photographer, though. Certainly not. I set the bar extremely low because I know if I set it high, I would never, you know, I hate taking pictures and I would have to do it all the time. It's buried. So officially, this is a podcast with Michael, but Lauren is here. Skinny Confidential. I'm hey, not girl, hey. talk, though. I snuck on. Listen, she says she's not going to say a lot. I, I, I highly doubt it. Listen. She has a microphone. She's sitting far away from us. <laughs> I'm not going to say a lot. I'm going to let you shine in this She's one. like you're the peanut already, gallery. You're already, you said 40 words. You already used up like 15 <laughs> of them. <laughs> Give me my fucking moment. Lord. Can we cuss on this show? I don't know. Can we? What? Um, are you kidding okay. me? I, I mean, I'm not going to machine gun them. I just, I just got to know. I have like literally, sometimes I think I have Tourette's. That's how much I swear. Like I think I have a diagnosable condition because. Sometimes you got to use it for the impact. You it's, know? Uh, no, no. It's lost all impact at this point. It's just, it's like, it's a filler. Rather than saying, um, I say fucking, it's terrible. My parents get really upset. My dad said, I'm not listening to any of your audio anymore. Okay. So. On this podcast, I like to talk a lot about, or at least in this season, how about that? I like to talk about people who inspire me, who I uh, admire, who I look up to from a career perspective. So should I leave? Yeah, so get the fuck out. Lauren? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Enough about me. What do you think about me? So I am just dying to dig into that genius boy brain of yours and figure out how you have like just peeled back every layer of the the onion that is this business that we're in specifically podcasting i mean you are a serial entrepreneur is that fair do you like that term i, I think that term is fair i think it's fair 
I mean it as a compliment. I t- I'm taking it as a compliment. Yeah, I think so. But uh, I want to start at the very beginning. I want to get on this journey with you, like how you got into this entrepreneurial mentality. Because I feel like, well, first of all, it's very American to be an entrepreneur. I think we need more of it to have this country be what it used to be. I'm a tried and true capitalist, for sure. Bread and bread. Me too. Yep, for sure. No, I'm. Listen, I. I, I would be terrible at working for someone else. But I have, in the past, I think we talked about it on this show, I've done every single type of job under the sun growing up. I, you know, car wash, landscape, McDonald's. Really? I've done, yeah, I've done everything. What was the best? What was the worst? Um, I just was a really bad employee. And I thought like... Why is that? Because I just want to do my own thing and I'm not good at, I'm not good at beating to the tune of somebody else's own, their drum. Right? But it was it like showing up on time? Was it like having somebody tell you what to do? All no, of the I above? Mean, if I'm somebody like, if you give me a responsibility, like I'm on time, I do the job, I'm not half-assing. I just wasn't happy. I wasn't good. I wasn't effective. Gotcha. Right? I, I'm somebody that needs to just have their own thing going on, good or bad, you know, and it's, I, I think right now, entrepreneurship is very glamorized. There's a lot of people that put out and they sell their courses and they talk about how to get rich quick and how to make money on all these different things, which I, I have no problem with. That's fine. But what I want people to be considerate of is that a lot, you know, most of what I do is putting out fires, dealing with problems, dealing with issues, because there's nobody, there's nobody above me, right? There's nobody that I can go to and say, Hey, there's a problem. I need to fix this. Like it, all the problems flow up to me. So 90% of my time is spent solving problems and helping other people on my team succeed. Uh-huh. And I think that's where I'm effective because I can take a lot of, I can take a lot of gut punches, right? I can, I can deal with that. I'm, I'm equipped to that. For anybody who wants to be an entrepreneur listening to this, would you say that they need to get into that frame of mind that like, that is your job when you're an entrepreneur, like you are a professional, you're a professional firefighter firefighter and also setting like you have to what we talk about this all the time like build teams you have to release a lot of the control while also being in control you have to put people in a position to win you have to be willing to take some chances you have to be willing to hear a lot of no's you uh-huh. have to be willing to like i don't have a nine to five life right like i wake up in the morning and i don't stop until i go to sleep right like yep. that's it and i hopefully i find some times in there to disconnect but there's always something going on where you know if you're working in an organization sometimes you have the ability to check in and then when the job's over th- that day's over you can check out like i don't have that luxury like even on vacation you're working still absolutely yeah but we live in a world now where it's actually i mean i'm not quite sure because the, the convenience of the phone and the laptop it's like you really can work from anywhere which is a great thing but then the bad thing is you never really get to turn off you have to be I think we're we're just now starting to get into like the we've all we all found the blessings of the cell phone, right? You can share, you're connected, you can run businesses from anywhere, you can do mm-hmm. you know, you can see people, you can there's you can build a business yourself without having a lot of infrastructure, but also now we're navigating, okay, what's the downside? You're watching so many other people's lives, you're starting to feel bad about yourself sometimes, yep. you don't know how to disconnect, you don't mm-hmm. know how to get away. You wake up in the middle of the night and instead of just putting yourself back to sleep and calming down, you pick up the phone and next thing you know you're up for three hours. Like there's the next there's thing you know you're looking at Jack Nicholson on a Lakers uh, oh court with a chili spilled everywhere. <laughs> Fucking hilarious. <laughs> um but yeah, no, I we're we're navigating all of that. It's an interesting it's an interesting time. Do you think that this technology technological world we live in is like good for humanity or is it making us all like I, weird little bebops? I think it's just part of evolution. I think that like you have to have a hef- healthy balance with all of this, right? It's like, it's just like anything else. Like you can have a very unhealthy relationship with technology or yep. a very healthy relationship with it. And I think that's what people need to start talking about and navigating is like, what is the healthy balance? Where can you be productive? What's unproductive, right? Like, and, but I, you're not going to stop it. Like we're not stopping technology. The thing that I have the biggest problem with is all these people coming in. It's, oh, social media is ruining our life. Oh, the phone's ruining. It's like, Listen, it's not going anywhere. It's right. going to get more and more and more integrated into our lives. It's just figuring out the healthy balance of how to use it effectively. So let's go back to when you're at McDonald's, you're, you know, mowing lawns, you're doing all that. So when, when was the step from I'm working for other people to I'm working for myself? What was your first entrepreneurial move? So I don't know if this is entrepreneurial, but I, yeah, so when I was growing up, obviously all those like kind of the entry level jobs of doing different things, landscaping, McDonald's, like just having those, I don't know, like high school summer jobs. And right? also like blue collar hard working jobs. Yeah. Well, I mean, I didn't have a lot of skill sets back then. I was, right. you know, it was just a I was serving kid. ice cream. Don't yeah. look at Yeah. Hey, we're in the same boat. I will say though, that I did get employee of the month at McDonald's and I worked my way up from street sweep to drive through. And that was like the, that's like, that's Ayo. moving up. Yeah. <laughs> you got to tell the poker story. So, oh yeah. So I guess my first maybe entrepreneurial thing is, um, we used to do these like little home poker games back in the day. Wait, like this is like my, my favorite movie ever. I'm going to blank on the name right now. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? Rounders? Not Rounders. Ugh, it's with um, Giovanni Rabisi, I think his name is. 
I don't know. It's going to drive me nuts. I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. Tell your story. Make yourself useful over there. Google it. (laughs) Come on. Get get the Google going. It's like about this kid, and he ends up working on Wall Street, but before he does, he runs this in-home poker game. So that's what we did. Me and my buddy, we would do that. All the kids would come over, the older guys, younger guys, and we'd all play poker. There'd be like entry fees to do it, and, and we would just play poker, but... Being a degenerate like I was, I had a fake idea at the time before I even had a real idea. And mo- mostly it was to get alcohol, right? Duh. When we were kids. <laughs> and um, so I said, wait a minute, we're doing really well with this poker, but our friends only have like, you know, 20, 30 bucks, 40 bucks. We didn't have any money. So I said, okay, there, we have all the casinos in California, especially where we grew up. So I said, let's go to the casinos and play all the drunk old men that have a bunch of money, but won't be, you know, necessarily paying attention. So we started doing that. Because you had the ideas anyway. We had the ideas oh, anyway. Shit. And they would serve us free food and burgers if you were playing in the in the casino. Right. So, I mean, I hopefully we could talk about this now because it's been so much time. I'm like, I pop up primaries. I'm like, I don't know if you want to talk about that, my girl. We, 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 <laughs> I think I'm an open book at this point. But yeah, so 15, 16 years old, we were in the casinos and we play the drunk old men and we would go with 100 bucks. And the first day I went, I got like 700 bucks in winning. Shut up. And I was like, this is more than I make in two weeks at McDonald's. And I walked in the next day. I'm like, I'm out. I'm oh done. my and, God. Um, from there, I don't know if that's so entrepreneurial. Just I, It basically It is. P- I actually think it really is. Yeah. And then I just started getting into different things. Um, you know, I was super early on in real estate in 2008 i started basically remodeling homes in, in tucson when i was out there and renting out the remodels to my roommates so i could cash flow them and pay the mortgage and then got my ass kicked in 2008 in the, with the real estate crash and the which is the financial crash like a lot of people did uh-huh. learned a lot of things very quickly um started a business with my dad called Jetbed, which now i'm getting in a huge tangent and we still have that business we make uh beds for corporate and private aircraft so Damn. still have that today yep. we're the leading provider of bedding and then started running a lot of direct-to-consumer traffic for other brands trying to learn how to sell online. And I'm going through this quickly because it's not that interesting. Well, it is, but okay, yes. But basically learned how to sell online, building brands. That Lauren at the time had her blog. I started helping her with that. And, then and what, what would you say like you were pivotal in, in helping Lauren with growing this getting confidential? What started as a blog? I think probably helping her just with traffic and getting eyes on, right? Like, and also framing Like discovery, out, you would say. Yeah, discovery, framing out the way people discovered her, using different platforms to leverage different platforms for different things right like okay maybe create a piece of long-form content on the blog that's then shared on the on the podcast or on the on the instagram to basically lead for lead-ins funnels that kind of stuff and how did you know this because sometimes like we were just talking about the austri sisters right mm-hmm. and they're like very savvy when it comes to social media as are you guys and sometimes i look at the stuff that they do on social media and i think okay so like like think of like an amazing basketball player like you're born with that gift like think of an amazing singer like celine dion is the greatest singer in the world and like she was born with a gift Do you think people are now born with the gift of social media intelligence? Because I don't have it. I think that. And are you one of those people? I think that I'm very empathetic to people. And I think I understand human beings like that. If I had a strength, I'd say, okay, I understand maybe like, I, I mean, I was a BC student. I was not some like great student, but I could understand, okay, this is how these people want to purchase. This is how these people want to interact with their friends this is the type of stuff they're interested in and so we you know you could at the time create content to kind of leverage that Mm -hmm. and now you know when we do the podcast together it's like really just connecting in a very common sense way with at a human level right being very conversational asking the types of questions that people really want to hear inviting people into like you know behind the curtain life and i think that's been effective but i don't know it's it's just one of those things it's trial and error you see what works there's been a lot of things that we've done that don't work Oh, tell me about those things. I mean, there's been a million things like you launch. What percentage would you say of things you, that do you try and they don't work? I would say that we reach have reached out to 5,000 people to be on my blog and my podcast. And 800 have said yes. Wow. I remember when I first um, started blogging and I would reach out to supermodels and actresses. Stassi came on my blog. Yeah, I reached out to her. This is before Vanderpump. No shit. Um, yeah, before oh, I, I just saw her this. on Facebook, and I I think she was friends with this girl I knew, Nikki Davis. So why did you reach out to her? I just thought she was a compelling person. Damn, instincts are on fucking point. Instincts are on point with people. Yeah, I like. Wow. I knew that she was going to be big. She was she was a model, and I wanted to pick her brain about her beauty tips. But I reached out to so many people on Twitter. I remember sitting down for one hour a day and just reaching out to a hundred people, and two would say yes. But the point is, is you know this, you get the ones that matter, yeah. and then you use them to leverage to get more guests, and then you use the you know medium ones to get the big ones, and yep. then you get the big ones, and, and now we're now we're playing in the big leagues. Speaking of big guests, you guys just had on. Cash Warren, 
Yes. And Jessica Alba. What the fuck was that like? That was interesting. I mean, again, it was a surreal experience because you grew up watching Jessica Alba on, on, in movies and TV. But you, then you, next thing you know, you're sitting across the from it. It's, for us, it was also, though, like we were not interested in having like, how did you get started? What's it like being, it was like really like, okay, how does this relationship work? Like what, you know, what are struggles being an actress and an entrepreneur? Like what, you know, we even started getting into like sex scenes. Like what, what is it like actually having to do a sex scene with Bruce Willis? Like I was interested in that. Like, is that into it, out of it? And so I have a question. What if Lauren had to do a sex scene with somebody? How would you feel about that? Well, I, do not lie. I, listen, do not lie. I don't think, give the PC answer because I, I would murder people. I don't think I'd be into it. I'm, I'm going to be honest at this point. I'm not into it. I, I can't even change I like, my I sports like share, bra with the window open. I don't like to share my toys. <laughs> no, he's, Me neither. He like does not to like toys. to share his toys. Uh-uh. No. no. I'm the same way. I, if you How want to go I, butt naked with your balls hanging out, like letting everyone <laughs> look at you in the window, like I'm fine with it. I don't care if you shove your asshole up against the window. Well, listen, you are completely different. Well, now that I know I can do that kind of stuff, maybe I'll... You won't, though. You won't. No, I mean, <laughs> I, I think a l- the biggest mistakes that I've made are doing things for a short-term result or doing things just for a financial gain. Like, those are the things that have always been the shortest returns for me or I've had the most. You have to actually care about what you're doing, you know, with like yes. the podcast stuff. Running, like, we really believe in the medium. I like helping people in the space. I like amplifying shows that I think are that we care about. Like, I'm a full proponent that audio is the next big thing and it's like it's been around for so long but it's it's here and I'm with you and there's so many articles about podcasting like I remember when I got fired from Sirius where I was like oh my mom called she was like it's okay podcasting is the way of the future she told me all these articles but like why is why is audio specifically podcasting like in such like this upswing why do you think it is so it's just such a boom time Right. Just the time we're time. in. Nope. Time. Like Uber. What is it? Really? It's a time saving app. Right. Yes. It's time. With Postmates. Time saving. Yeah. Right? All of these things. Audio is time. It's. It the fills o- up the time. It's one of the only mediums that you can consume. Like think about YouTube, blog, Instagram. You have to be staring at your phone. You yep. have to. You have to be engaged there. This. You can be cooking, cleaning, commuting, working, like doing and flying, whatever you're doing. Yep. And listening at the same time. When and I edit my podcasts. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. I cook. I clean. You're absolutely right. I get shit done that I wouldn't regard if I was watching Love Bravo. But if I was watching Bravo, I wouldn't get shit done. No. And how good does it feel as a creator to be able to have the ability to respect your audience's time? For me, knowing that my listener is, you know, getting a manicure or cooking or doing laundry while they're learning or laughing or being inspired makes like it gives me goosebumps it gets me off right yeah but it's not just that it's it's not just time it's on your time right anytime and that's why listen. right on demand you pick you choose it's not you're not making a date you know um nbc lineup on thursday's not telling you when you have to watch it's about when it's convenient for you exactly and that's the podcast specific component too I'm interested in in basically human optimization. I'm I'm interested in people being effective while doing other things. And like you said, you know, maybe someone's watching a YouTube minute, seven to ten minutes. But some who who has time to sit there forty five minutes? And listen, I've been big on digital and big on blogs and YouTube and social. But this is the next thing where you can do so many other things while being productive, right? If I can listen to your show and get some entertainment, or I can listen to someone like a Tim Ferriss and learn a new way to do something, or if I can whatever it is constantly learning while doing other things it's not multitasking it's just passively being uh, effective it's also about access like there's something magical about it, about me saying i hang out with tim ferris i hang out with taylor strecker i hang out with um jackie schimmel i hang out with gary v because the content i'm consuming is having access to their thoughts yes and when you're able to immerse yourself with all these people that you look up to on a daily basis it it it's like the top five people you hang out with, but the top content that you consume. I mean, you know, you've been in the space longer than yep. us, but the conversations now. I mean, Dear Media went from five, six shows last year in June, July to thirty now. It's been less than a year. I mean, you could see the space is just it's blowing up. It's our, blowing it's up. It's blowing up. But do you think? Because some people will say, well, now it's like you know, it's peaked. Do you believe that, or do you believe it's not even near where no, it's going to peak? No, the same people said the same thing about the influencer blog space. Ha. It's peaked, right? It's been. We haven't even begun. People are still figuring out this space. I've been in New York this whole week doing nothing but meetings with brands agencies companies that are trying to figure out how to interact in this space and they still are like how do i do this what's a podcast it, we haven't even gotten close to the point and when that starts happening and the money starts flowing in yep. watch it'll change there's a report today that came out from edison it's like the space has risen risen by 129 percent in a year like that is that is skyrocketing that's phenomenal isn't it insane when these like media conglomerates are like podcasting 
And you're like, hello, where have you been for the last seven well, to eight you years? you are like, how long have you been in audio? Well, audio, I've been in for like 13 years, but <sighs> I didn't, but I only learned about podcasting through Stasi. So I was learning as I was stuck in radio going, holy fucking shit, I got to get over there. So every contract would be like, I want to do podcasting. And they were like, nope, nope, because serious. They don't no, want, they don't want. They know damn fools. Yeah. They knew better. It was a competition. You it could is not have been like go at a better time. I know, bless, right? Thank when you. When you have people like Jessica Alba and Kevin Hart and Elon Musk and these like tier, top tier celebrities, Gwyneth Paltrow, looking at this space, when you see brands that are starting to, that have been in the traditional space for a very long time saying, hey, how do I engage there? I mean, I, I go to meetings and I maybe take a little bit more of an arrogant standpoint and brands and agencies get mad. I said, listen, you don't have to do this with me now. You could wait six months, but in six months, hopefully if I'm doing my job right, it's going to be much more expensive. It's going to be much more competitive. And, yep. and, and, and so either we can do it now or you could just wait and I'll take your check now or later. It's, it's happening. It's Thank you, Michael. Same thing that happened. In, <laughs> it's the same people that said, hey, I don't really understand if blogs and influencer YouTube works. It's like, okay, well, we'll see you when you get here, but we're, we're, we're already here. What do we also think though about like like the fact that everybody is now running to podcasting, like legit brands, legit celebrities, um, and then just like your everyday person. I mean, anybody really can blog. If you have like a thousand dollars and you can afford the mics, the Zoom, like literally, you have a you have a podcast. That's what I meant, a podcast, not a blog. And so, do we feel like? There's like it's gonna get too crammed. Is there not enough, is there not enough food to go around the table? Is that a concern? No, because talent ri- talent rises at the top, right? Like some people are going to be able to do it and some people aren't. And I think everybody, I, I love mediums where anybody can jump in and try. Mm-hmm. One thing I would say for people getting in the space is it's not as simple as just like, hey, I can turn a mic and talk with my friends. It's like, right. what kind of value prop are you giving the audience that's listening? Mm-hmm. What, what are they gaining from listening to your show as opposed to another show? Like there has to be a... A give right and we always say like you got to entertain educate or inspire if you could yep. do all three great but yes. you have to do at least one of them and also can you carry a show for a year two years three like for me especially being on the on the network side and, and signing talent i'm not interested in working with someone that's like hey everyone's jumping into podcasts i need a podcast that right. i don't care how big the name is or if, what what type of celebrity status you have it's more like what is something you're saying that's interesting? What is unique? Can you do this for a while? Like, can you make a brand out of this? Can mm-hmm. you turn this into something larger? And if, if the answer to that is yes, then let's do it. And if not, then no. Um, but I think I like content forms where the barrier to entry is very low. Yep. But you have to perform out. Right? It's, yep. it's, the same as any, it's the same as any other medium. Do you think consistency is the most important thing when it comes to podcasting? That's the advice I give everybody who's like starting out. I'm like, consistency is key. And if you can't be consistent... Then and so many people won't be consistent. Isn't that interesting? You give them the formula and they don't do it. Yeah. There's a platform that I work with called Libsyn. It's like a, it's basically I a hosting, Libsyn. yeah, it's a hosting platform, yeah, right? Yeah. And I talk, I, f- I found it really interesting early on. I was talking to them and I said, okay, like what is the percentage of podcasts that like last three years? Is that interestingly enough, like 85% of their data show that in the first year, 85% of people would quit. 85%. 95% would quit in the second year. And they're saying wow. it's that 5% that was able to kind of like stick it through that sees massive success in the space, but most people aren't willing to do it. But that's because most people come in with the intention of, I need to make money right now. I'm not doing this if I'm not, if I'm not going to make money right yep. up front. I need to get this massive deal. And it's like, no, no, no. You need to be focused on, are you actually providing value to an audience? Because if you do that, we can use the toast, the morning toast girls. Perfect. They, they can never be taken off of their platform because their audience is diehard. They're rabid because they've serviced them so well. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're on a Sirius, if they're on a Yahoo, if they're self-producing, if they're on a Dear Media, their audience is going wherever they're going. And, exactly. And that means that brands are paying them whatever they want because they know that they, that they have the audience. So what's the key to building this rabid fan base, if you will? Include them and actually give them value every week, right? It, it can't be this thing where I'm doing this because I need a brand to pay me. It's like, that should be a secondary. I will say, like, I think you were on our show. We were talking about this on our show. I think it was on our show mm-hmm. where I said, like, hosts make a mistake because they put themselves first, then the brand, then the audience. Like, the yeah. formula should be audience first. Always. Then you, then the brand. And the, by doing that, it sounds counterintuitive, but you're giving all, like, everyone's going to get value. The brand's going to get a lot more value. The mm-hmm. audience is getting more value. And so are and obviously the host. It's so incredible. I mean, like, my audience, they have given me my brand. I didn't even know what my brand was until I met my audience. Mm-hmm. And they were like, it was over and over again. You're my best friend. You're my best friend. I know it's weird, but you're my best friend. And I was like, no, girl, fuck that. I'm your best friend. I fucking love you back the way you love me. But it's like, I'm every girl's best friend. Well, and it's funny. We talked I love about that. You say you told, they told you. They what told it is. me. And you putting them first. And it's so funny because we now I know we did talk about this on our show. We recorded a little while back. 
it's people like uh like we'll say like prominent people will say we could actually people will come in with their publicists yes and the publicists are going to sit in the corner and they're going to stare at lauren and me and they're going to say you know better not ask these questions I'm like listen you can sit in the room all you like yep. and stare at me with death stares. I'm still going to ask the fucking questions for the <laughs> audience. And it's just going to be awkward when you watch me do it because it's not, it's like, and that's what I'm saying about putting the audience first. I'm not bringing people on and either is Lauren for their talking points. I'm bringing them on so that they can bring value to our audience. Yes. Right? Hey guys, just a quick break to talk about one of our awesome sponsors, Rothy's. Okay. Are you ready to find your new most favoriteest shoe that you've ever worn? Well, I'm telling you, Rothy's is what's up. They are so comfortable. You can wear them for any occasion. You can wear them all day or a day. Seriously, you're never going to want to take them off. So I love Rothy's. They're great. Um, they have all different sorts of styles. My favorite is the point. I am uh, an average size lady with short little legs. And I like to always look elongated. Who doesn't? And the point shoe for me is my go-to with Rothy's. Because even though I'm wearing flats, it almost gives me like the illusion of like a little bit of a heel, a little bit of extra length to these legs of mine. So I love the point. I also am obsessed with their patterns and their colors. As I live and breathe, they are amazing. And just, you know, real quick, they actually launch new colors every few weeks and they're selling out constantly. So, you know, just let you know, I'm about to mention my favorite color and you might want to get on that right quick because they might sell out. So I'm obsessed with the point in the flame. It's this bright, brilliant red and I just love a pop color for spring and summer and I don't know, red's like my signature color. I always have my nails red. It's kind of like my, my... My logo's red, so I'm a red girl. I find it to be very pin-up-y, throwback, sexy. Oh, and also I read this article that said that men respond very well to red. I'm just saying, ladies. Also, FYI, Meghan Markle has been known to slip on a pair of Rothy's. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if she's wearing them, then pff, you got to get them. And I'm about to blow your mind. Not only are they the softest shoe you'll ever put on your feet, they're made from recycled plastic water bottles. So not only do they feel good on your feet, but you can feel good wearing them because it's sustainable. And total bonus, they're machine washable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, put them in the washer. Let's face it. Feet sweat, mine sweat, yours sweat. Mine stink, yours might not, but mine do. And that washability factor, I mean... I am sold. I love my Rothy's, and I know you will too. Right now, Rothy's has an amazing deal for my listeners. My listeners. Use code TAYLOR to get free shipping with no minimum. So you get free shipping and free returns and exchanges on your Rothy's shoe. Not that you're going to want to return them, but just, you know, it's there. It just makes me feel comfortable having that free return. So go to rothys.com. That's R-O-T-H-Y-S.com. And enter code T-A-Y-L-O-R to get your new favorite flats and free shipping. It's a no-brainer. Shoes that are comfortable, stylish, and sustainable, and free shipping. Go get yourself a pair today, rothys.com, promo code Taylor. Get this deal while it lasts. And now, back to the podcast. We want to make our audiences happy. That's our job. Yeah. And if the PR wants to stare at me and give me the death stare, it's just going to be awkward for everybody, not for me. I'm Shooting the bird. Yeah. Oh, my God. I had Ramona Singer's publicist, some, like, jumped on me and tried to muzzle me. And I was like, Queen, get off me. I'm asking this bitch the question. She's on a reality TV show. Of course. Like, get out of here. What so she what keep? ended up happening? I just kept talking, and she was straddling me. <laughs> no, I'm joking. No, my producer was like, you got to back up. Like, you've got to back up. And then, you know, Ramona was like, whoa, well, I don't know, Pinot Grigio. It was just you know, a crazy person. I never got that move. It's like, you, you, okay, you want to sit in the room. It's just awkward for everyone. Right? Yeah. It's so uncomfortable. Um, okay, so you're helping out Lauren with this blog. I mean, then it becomes wildly successful. And then she moves into the podcasting space. Mm -hmm. I mean, was that both y'all's decision? Was I don't want to take any credit for the Skinny Confidential. <laughs> I was just going to say, well, I don't know if you were helping me with the blog. No, no, no. I, I think, listen, the, the blog. Yeah, he was, in, I would insight. say he was ad advising me from afar. Was he a consultant? Was he a Was he a mentor? So yes. Lor Lauren and I, what, what's, what's a common misconception, and people are like, how are you guys doing this? You spend so much time. We, I think when people see us, we're together a lot, but at the same time, the Skinny Confidential was completely her thing. I wasn't, you know, yes, consulting yeah. over dinner, talking, advising, but like, like that any was Any partner her. would do. Like my girlfriend yeah. with my, she's not a part of my, you know, my podcast and radio business, but I mean, pfft. She knows everything that's going on. The Skinny Confidential, all Lauren. You want to start talking about the podcast? Then I would say that was a very joint effort. Joint and effort. I would say I'll give you that. We, 
in the beginning, if you listen to our early episodes, it was absolute, like, it was a mess. Sound quality is bad. There was fights. There was interruptions. I just said, you know, we, we need to do this. <laughs> it was really bad when we first started. But as you always say, launch fast and adjust. Yeah. The, the, I mean, at the time, I was like, we, I just felt that I knew I was not going to be good blogging or doing Instagram or photos. Like I'm, I'm still not the best. My, my accounts are horrendous. But oh, my God. We're soul, we're soul, we're soul mates with that. I mean, yeah. yeah. Writing, yeah. Mm, not it's great. Not, it's not good. But talking, I could talk a lot. And so I said, let's yep. do let's do this. And then um, really just updating the space. And, you know, we've talked offline and just like this space is not a radio model. No, it's it needs an update. And so I said, OK, let's do it. And um, yeah, now 200 episodes later and 200 episodes later, 30 shows under management. Yeah. Damn. Yeah, it's been interesting. It was it's cool how we got the opportunity to test ourselves in the space as practitioners. And then he got to translate that into uh, the media company. Okay, so that's what I really also, we have to hit on this, Dear Media. Mm -hmm. So Dear Media is, I mean, an incredible platform. And you really are uplifting women specifically yes. in the podcasting space. So tell me about that, like the birth child of that was Dear Media. Sure. Uh, so Lauren and I, as you know, we started self-producing our podcast. And at the time, both of us didn't know anything about audio. We had no audio training, never been on radio, really didn't know anything. Just said, okay, let's let's try to build a show. And at the time, it started as just a and a with our audience. At the, then we said, okay, we need to amplify this. We need help. Let's join a network. We got we, we joined a very prominent network called Podcast One. Yep. Um, wasn't conducive to the brand that we're building. I think that it's still like very much that old radio model. And it's not to take anything away from them. They have their model. Um, but it didn't work for for people like like Lauren that come from the digital blog social space, right? You could be working with a brand or an audience on one side and it just, it wasn't lining up. So we said, okay, this is not good. Went back to self-producing and just started doing it our way though, and, and basically building across multiple platforms. And after looking at the space, I said, listen, there's, there's this is a very male dominant space. So at the time you very. look at the charts, every, every show on the top charts was male dominated, yep. right? You look at the networks, it was male dominated. And I said, there's not really a place that's amplifying female voices, but at the same time, just being an, an advertiser as well, an entrepreneur saying like, there's not a place where female brands are connecting with female audiences and hosts. I'm like, why, do, why does this not exist? And so I said, okay, we've done a good job helping to amplify Lauren's show. We had people like Jackie Schimmel in the space, girls like that, so the retro, retrograde girls. Yep. Um, and, I, and I just knew I had a solid base of women that wanted to do this in a more meaningful way and wanted that amplification. I said, listen, if we create that space, very targeted, very branded, amplifying those female voices, and more importantly, giving female audiences a place where they felt confident that they could listen to a lot of different content. So maybe there's a comedy show, a wellness show, a lifestyle show, a very entrepreneurial show. It's just mm -hmm. a place that they could go and connect very much so with with prominent female voices in the space. So a destination. It. Yep. And it's where people branded. know they can go and they can, and, and it's just like you offer everything that you offer they know is going to be pretty much on brand with what they're looking for. But this is it's so interesting to hear this because actually Sirius had their finger on the pulse years ago with Cosmopolitan Magazine Radio which is how I started in the audio space period and a story. And then they let it go. And then they never recaptured this like female targeted audience. And even in radio, like CHR format, like, you know, like play music and then they come in, they talk for like three minutes and the traditional like Z Morning Zoo, if you yep. will, you know, they lose female audiences. So they like radio period of the story loses a female audience between the ages of 18 and 34. They can't get them back and then they get them back in like politics, things of that nature. Dr. Lore, Schlesinger, shit like that. It's because of the format. Right. Because millennial audiences don't want that very like strict format that they, they don't like. Like I just had to do, and Lauren doesn't want me to talk about this, but I just had to do this live show, this live segment, and it was it's so like formulated. And I was like, this this is just not what millennial audiences they want to be on demand. They want to be very conversational. They want to yep. connect in a different way. And listen, I struggled for a very long time in the beginning taking over as CEO for this business because I was like, okay, I'm a man. How's that going to look like as a head of a female network? But then I thought to myself like... It makes you like a fucking champion rock star. Yeah, but it was just, I didn't know. Oh like, my God, we can't stroke the ego too I much. I know, I know. Lauren His gets penis mad. might get hard. But one thing... <laughs> one thing yeah, You're one, a feminist. One, sure, but one thing that was always very important to me like early on, especially even when we're talking to shows, I'm like, don't think that Dear Media is a place that alienates men. We no. have male hosts we have males that are guesting we are just very focused on amplifying female voices and connecting with female audiences that doesn't mean men can't listen or guest or host right. it just means we're targeted towards helping amplify those voices and helping to connect with those audiences and i think that's one thing that 
I am very conscious of is I never want to be divisive, be divisive between men and women. I no. want to bring men and women together and show other men and women that you can uplift each other and, and help each other succeed. And it doesn't need to be this divisive space. Well, I also think as women, we really do need men to help us get to the places that we need to get in terms of like work equality, if you will, you know, pay equality, all of the above. And so it's guys like you that are helping us forge that path. So thank you, You're Michael. Welcome. Well, listen, I mean, women... I mean, in you like ma- strong women. I, I mean, look at your wife. There was um, a you quote. You should meet his mom. Oh, really? There was a quote by <laughs> well, my part and my partner in the business of Dear Media is a woman named Raina Pinchansky, and she's a she's a very very strong woman. Um, How did you get to be so comfortable with strong women? Is it because of the way your mom is? Probably my mom. She's yeah. always she's always really strong. And I, Frank Sinatra has a great quote. It says, "If you're you know, if you're out on a date with a woman, it shouldn't be a staring contest. Like there should be something to say." And I always liked women that have something to say. That's strong opinions. I mean, listen, I got to be interested. It can't I, it can't just be like. Two pretty faces staring at each other. I need more. I need. Yeah. I need. And also, you know, like Lawrence of Allbuster. I need that kind of like. Yes, she is. I need that person <laughs> to kind of. I need a big, 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 big personality. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, how is it working with your wife? How what is that like? Well, which which depends <laughs> depends which day you ask me. Um, <laughs> today, <laughs> today, which is like day five of your trip in New York City. Well. She made me take 400 pictures of her today on the way over here. Literally. You know what? I don't like this, though, because you make me seem like I'm this blogger diva. I don't ever ask for pictures. In fact, I actually, out of all the things I do for a living, that's the thing I loathe. But today what I've pictures? been in New York. Yes, yes. I hate taking pictures. Um, I've been in New York for a week, and I haven't asked him once for pictures. And I'm like, okay, it's been four days since I posted Instagram. You're going to have to take a picture. Yeah, I am with a mega blogger, but I am not a blogger husband. I don't. I have no skill set in pictures. I don't know how to do it. I get frustrated. Blurry by question. So my little brother... Uh, just graduated from Harvard, okay? Obviously, he's smart. He's yeah. going to be pre-med. I mean, he's like, or he was pre-med. He's going to go to, to medical school. 97th percentile in MCATs, okay? Boy's wicked smart. Um, I like how you said Can't, that. the Bostonian, he can't load the dishwasher for shit. Want to know what I think? Yes, he can. He's being selective. Yes, he can. He's doing it on purpose so he doesn't have to do the dishes. So I ask you, Michael. Set the bar. <laughs> Let me tell you where these blogger husbands, if that's what they're calling can, themselves. Can you really take a picture? They <laughs> fuck themselves. They really fuck themselves from the beginning because they show really good picture taking skills. And if I did that, Lauren would know that, wait, this guy at any moment could take an amazing picture. So uh-huh. I said, I don't want to fall into that category because I hate taking pictures and I don't want to do it. I'd rather bring a photographer in, bring a professional, get it done. And and so, yes, I had a buddy that um, gave me some marriage advice early on. He's like, listen, buddy, he's like, set the bar low, low. Because if you go high, you constantly have to meet it. And if you fall below it, then then you're going to be on some rocky ground. That's a really good point, actually. So how did you set the bar low in the beginning of the marriage? Maybe a little finger over the lens, maybe a blur to <laughs> maybe like throw a tantrum. Yeah. <laughs> See, my girlfriend is a photographer Especially. and a videographer. So hello, she hates me. <laughs> like hates, she, it drives her nuts. I'm like, listen, you want to do some... You I totally abuse her. <laughs> like, totally. If my girlfriend was a videographer, <laughs> I think... In my next life, I'm 100% going to date a girl that's a, that's a photographer. That would be so efficient. It really is. Yeah. We get shit done real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I just need a hair and makeup artist. Maybe I'll have like a whole like a... But you see... You see a whole lesbian it, harem? Yeah. <laughs> but you see why I didn't get... Because listen, it doesn't end there. Like if you... you know, just I just never open the door to like that skill set. Because if I did, this would like then it gets hair and makeup and then you get this. And then next thing you know, you're carrying 50 bags around with camera gear. And it sucks. I don't What's do the... Aside from the picture taking... From a podcast standpoint, what's the hardest part of working with your spouse? Ooh, well, there's a there's a lot. I mean, we have. Have been, you ever had like actual fights post podcast? Are you kidding me? We have <laughs> podcasts in podcasts. Like, well, I know that, but that's so fun to listen to. It's like screaming, <laughs> yelling. I mean, no, it, it's we ch- fight though. I don't want anyone to think that we don't fight. We fight. Oh no, I hear you on the podcast. Oh, yeah, I know you fight for real. <laughs> no, we we go at each other. I mean, listen, that's what's we've we've gotten better over the years of defining when and how and where like okay this time phones off no podcasting no work um, but in the beginning it was also it was a weird cadence of like who's talking who's not who's you know how are we interrupting what questions it, it's a dance right and it is a dance and it's chemistry which you obviously have as you know spouses but at the same time it's like when it's entertainment chemistry you kind of you you have to find your footing i'm okay playing second fiddle right she's a star let her be the star that's fine that's that's how you figured out the formula yeah that was a secret sauce. 
She's just smiling. You don't She's want holding the microphone up to her face and smiling. You don't want that. A lot of these guys are making a mistake. They're trying to be the star. Like, let your, let your wife be the star. the star. I know, right? Don't you think? I, I mean, I, I really feel like that is now I'm not I'm going to sound sexist, but I feel like in, when you're in a heterosexual relationship, it's more like the girl who gets to be the center of attention. Right. Like I'm, a strong man can handle that. Yeah. My friend Scotty Cunha, he says, I'm fine. Like, I'm fine being the hand in the paparazzi picture. Like, I don't need to be. The, I am not the hand. I can't be the hand. <laughs> I can't be the hand either. Yeah, I can be the hand. Would you be the purse holder, though? I have held some purses in my time. I don't mind that. You don't so, mind that? No, I'll find that weird when guys like won't hold your lady's purse. Like, hold the fucking purse. Don't be weird. <laughs> you know, and that's an interesting thing about being in a same-sex relationship is like there is this, I mean, it's great in so many ways, but there's this fucked up competition. Like the last huge fight I got into with Taylor um, was we were going to the recovery for the VMAs mm-hmm. and I begged her to wear flats because she's tall and skinny and I look like a literal egg next to her. <laughs> so I said, please don't give me more height. I need you to be like as low to the, the ground as humanly possible. And last minute she threw a pair of heels on and I was like, selfish, selfish, because I needed the hand. You I didn't need the supermodel. Need to go buy. I have these boots. <laughs> See, I know no, you got to buy these that. boots that I have. I'm going to send you the link. They're six inches tall and you wear them under a like a... Um, like a maxi dress? No, well, you yeah, a maxi dress or like a formal a, gown. A big, um, what the palazzo pants? Oh yeah. So it just looks like you're taller. Oh hell yeah! You got six Chris, inches. Chris Dillon told me about these shoes. They're like platforms, six inches, and just throw them on like last minute and be like, listen, bitch, I'm gonna go higher. <laughs> I've always, I don't ever, I never understood that. Like, listen, put. put she can be the. Sh- she can have all the attention, all of it. All the attention. All of it. I wouldn't say all. I was gonna say, are you sure? Well, that's not. That's a lot. <laughs> Listen, that's I can't. Sad. I can't help it if people. You know. That's not I lie. can't help it if people love me, Lauren, and that I'm just a natural talent. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I and charismatic and gifted in all these areas. Stroke the ego just enough, not too little, <laughs> not too much. Taylor, I'm gonna hang out with you more often. <laughs> <laughs> so I I will say this actually. So if you met me pre lesbian, mm-hmm. I was actually I mean one may even say a man hater. Okay, I will own that. Um, and now that I am in the situation I'm in, I have never felt more of a kinship to men in my entire life. I really feel you guys. I do. Like I think that listen. Yes, you know, dating and career stuff, and yeah, so guys have it maybe an easier path in some regard. But like I really feel like. This struggle is real for guys too, and I don't think they ever get the chance to kind of air their grievances. Well, listen, I think everybody struggles, yes. right? Um, and listen, some men are complete shitheads, but also at the same time, some women are so shitheads, I was right? Say. Like, I, this is what I'm saying. Like, I am not. I think what sex is is like one, like either one way or the other. I think there's good people and then there's bad people, and I'm interested in the good people. I'm not interested in the bad people, and that's for men and for women. Like, if you're I'm, if you're a man and you're a shithead, like fuck off if you're a woman you should also fuck off like it doesn't i don't discriminate in that regard exactly how did you become so evolved for real i mean did were you ever like a fuck boy did you ever have a fuck boy phase oh i'm sure i'm sure i mean listen i had some college years that were like thank god social didn't exist then i probably wasn't i probably i probably had some fuck boy years for sure yeah you had a couple years uh he went to u of a Mm-hmm. That's it. I think everybody gets a grace period in college. Yes. Let them let them figure it out. I mean, I didn't have that stage that you had though. I didn't go fuck years everyone. Old, a lot of new experiences. But yeah, I mean, but um, like when the girl pulled the um, lawnmower anal. What were those uh, anal plugs? Well, you're that, gonna that now. Now you're going into it. We never talked about this one. Remember, you told oh, me that there was. Share. Yeah, the, share the lawnmower <laughs> story. No, we're not. I'm not putting any. Yeah, we are 100. percent I want to put it out there. We'll just say that this particular individual was. Very into anal beads. <laughs> How does one? I that's what I want to use do. anal beads. By the way, I'm not. Is there, is there a tarp involved? I'm so open to like whatever anyone want, wants to do sexually. Yes, it's just this was an interesting story that you had to I tell me, which I don't know an, why you had to tell me. It. I found myself <laughs> in an inter- interesting predicament where one day I could be going on like Yahoo Finance and Forbes, and then literally the same conversation we could be talking about anal beads, <laughs> and um, it's, it's an interesting predicament to to be in. How do you come on and then also how to use anal beads? Like, yes. what do you do? That's uh, the name of this podcast. Well, by I just the way. remember it was just like it was like a lawnmower. Like it was like, but anyways, um, was, um, does the guy put the the um, anal beads in the butthole or does the girl? Sometimes, I, when it's case by case, it's case by case. It depends. Um, do you have to put lubrication on the anal beads? Sometimes, How? case by case. Okay, so you know, have you seen the movie The Rock? Um, when they're on like Alcatraz with, with, um, with, yeah, with Sean Cage? Connery? Yeah, yeah, 
yeah. Of course. Okay, you know at the end when they've got those scary like um, nuclear warhead balls, the green ones, and they're like, and they're carrying them? Is that what animal beads look like? Kind of. Sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> they look like um, like a centipede. Listen, kinda. Lauren's <laughs> acting like this is like a regular thing. I, I mean, this is, we're talking like. Well, I want to know how she found out, how she knows about this. Because I ask, uh, <laughs> 180 <laughs> questions. I want to know every detail of every Taylor, second. It was a moment of weakness. I had a little too much to drink, and I spilled a little too much information. <laughs> I always she, ask him when he's a little. She, she like, found you a moment of weakness. She's always. In, yeah, a lot of times she has. Found no, me this is what moments. I do. Wait. Is I'm an investigative spy that will p- place together things over years and years and years. <laughs> like I will slowly put it together. Like I'll do a puzzle for like 18 years until I solve the puzzle. So what I do is I ask little questions here and there. <laughs> until I finally have like the whole enchilada. Like my parents are in Paris right now, and my buddy of mine was like, "Hey, would you g- would your parents ever go?" Like I was like, "What's some f- some ni- it's their anniversary?" I was like, "What's some nice things that we could send them to do?" And my buddy was like, "Hey, would they ever go to like Moulin Rouge and do a titty show?" And I was like, "Oh, my dad took me to that when I was like 14 years old." And Lauren goes, "Wait a minute, I think we were dating then." And I was like, "That's how gnarly she is. She'll go, <laughs> she'll go, she'll go back in time." And then start a fight over it. Yeah. Her 14-year-old self. I was like, what Even though I don't care, I just like to. Because I feel like it gives (laughs) the relationship color. Wait. So I know you know probably what, would you say, 99.999% of everything he's done in his entire life? I would say I know 180% of everything he's done in his entire life. You know what's so great is is, uh, you got to tell the story about New York, about how how you thought people were looking at you because you were a celebrity. No, I never thought that. Oh, my God, please. (laughs) Yes, tell me. I I love this. I never thought that. But I was out one day, and I was like, okay, this is strange. These women are, I was with a buddy of mine. I was like, they're like not just looking over, but like staring. I was like, this is weird. And I was like, and, and he was like, no, I don't think so. And I looked over. It was true. Lauren was getting updated reports. Hey, Lauren, we see Michael. It's her readers. We see Michael. Don't worry. Stop. He's having a coffee. He's not doing anything wrong. Like she was getting like real time updates. He thought that they because he gets recognized all the time as for Christian Bale. People think he's Christian Bale. Oh yes, because he I looks see like it. Christian Bale. Yeah, he just played Dick Cheney, so it depends which version. Um, not the Dick Cheney version, <laughs> except when he's hungover. Um, but he, he, I think, was thinking that they maybe thought he was Christian Bale. No, I didn't. Nope, it was my TSC readers update me in real time do you send happening. them out as investigative reporters no for they you? just saw they, they just, just know it's, it's perfect it's a it's perfect instinct. if you like your girlfriend can never cheat on you I never feel like, I like what's she gonna do go out to a new york bar she's probably gonna run into oh what do you call your community they are the little effers self-named cute and also hey girl hey girls okay that's like the like that's the newcomers the hey girl, little hey girls. effers are gonna f anyone up They'll i've been slowly up. acquiring spies that uh, do nothing else but spy and report back to lauren we got now we have lauren's group we can have the little effers and also yep. the toasters you from got the it. Toast. the toasters so, have an investigative um like page it's called like the tia <laughs> i learned things about my own life and the in my past from my audience like i found out a major moment that i'll share with you guys later can't share it on this but um that I was like, holy shit. I was wondering about that. It was like, I wonder whatever happened with the situation with so-and-so. And then I went on my own Reddit page. And there it was. Just clear as day. I was like, holy shit. I can't believe you read your Reddit page. Um, that, Why? I, I only went there for that specific thing because... I never. I mean, I can't read it. it it's it, it's an it's it's literally like reading my worst nightmares. I don't read any negative reviews after five years ago. I was five years ago. I remember I was overseas and I w- I was up late from jet lag and I was reading a really nasty page about me. And how did you how did you find this page? You just knew it existed. I think I or? googled my name. It was like literally five years ago. And I like this is like I googled my name just to see. This is like four years into blogging, and Michael looked at me and he goes. First of all, you want people talking about you. It's true, right? I know, but if, if and not second of all, why you, why are you reading that? Well, th- here's here's the thing. One, if you're not being talked about, you should figure something. You should figure out a reason why. Like there should be something good or bad. And I think good or bad, right? But yep. at the second time, like you have to deploy empathy for people that are in that negative headspace. What I always say is like. If you are somebody that's spending time dropping negative comments, thinking about negative thoughts, yep. wasting time on negative forums, it, it's not only that do I feel, I don't feel bad for you as an individual. I feel bad for your time management. Yes. Right? You're wasting time. You're wasting valuable time that you can put into productivity, to productivity things, where you could actually go and make your life better. Go do productive things. Be positive. Like, it's not, 
it doesn't if somebody goes on the internet right now after this and hears them, man, what a fucking asshole. Like they can think that fine. But if they're gonna go and waste twenty, thirty minutes running around and commenting, telling you what an asshole you and are. And by the way, to create a username is like it's. it's Do you know what I'm doing in those twenty, thirty energy. minutes? I'm figuring out more ways to have good relationships, more ways to run better businesses, yep. more ways to be in better shape. More way, like, you have to be productive in this life. And so negativity a, begets more negativity. Yes. Positivity begets more positivity. And negative stuff. If you put that out into the world, and listen, I'm not like a religious or spiritual guy, but when you put that vibe out there, it comes back and negatively impacts you as an individual. Absolutely. I'm the guy that's I'm in the dark tunnel, and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna be in this dark tunnel for ten years, but I'm like, I think there's a speck of light over there, and I'll get it in nine years. That's, I'm an optimistic person. I have a question when it comes to like trolls and stuff like that, mm-hmm. and I know they hate when we call them trolls. They get very mad. I'm like, if you're mad. You got a guilty conscience. We had a guy come on, um, Robert Green, and sit and even define a more saying they're nihilistic trolls, which I haven't figured that out What's yet. What's a nihilistic troll? I think a nihilistic troll is just like an uber troll. And that's just like trolling very hard. Like, Hardcore to the floor. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like their th- entire lives are encapsulated by this trolldom. Yes. Um, do you think that women get trolled more than men? No. No? I think everybody gets trolled. I mean, listen. I, I think that it depends on the individual. I've seen some men get completely... I mean, look, look, at, look at Donald Trump. That guy gets trolled every single second. Well, you know, he might kind of... Uh, Maybe he deserves it. Maybe. Open it out. You know, open look up at, the form for look it. At, look at Kim Kardashian getting trolled. Like, I, I think... True. I think it depends on the individual. This is where I... Listen, gay, straight, man, woman, I think everybody has equal hardships. Do I think women have some things harder? Yes. Do I think men have some hardships? Yes. Do I think... Like, I, I think that... I look at people as individuals. Yes. And so I try not to stereotype anyone for any reason, right? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know someone's situation. I don't know their hardships. But to answer that question, yes, no, I, I don't know. I think it's case by case. Case by case. So last question. How do you spot true talent? It's hard. It's really hard. We've, 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 um, how did you spot your wife? That's a great <laughs> question. Listen, you were a child. I'll tell you how I spotted her. She was the only one on the schoolyard with fully developed C cups. There. And I said, How did you spot Taylor's true talent? Uh, hello, well, my tits are D. So th- basically, we've discovered the secret to his big tits. She can No, but I mean, success. What I think is there's a lot. Of, I mean, I'm in an interesting space where I think there's a lot of talent that can take that can do great blog content, great YouTube. But it's not everybody that can get on a mic and talk as naturally as you do, and can carry a conversation as naturally as you. And I think that's where talent is. And I think. When you asked me earlier, can anyone jump in? Yes, but not everybody will be able to do this. You can do it. Well, Michael, you're fucking amazing. You're doing amazing things for women. And um, I just adore you. I think you're spectacular. Well, I adore you too. Thank you for having me on. Lauren, you talked way more than 40 words. <laughs> and um, I'll always remember it. And Michael, where do you want people to follow you? Because you got a lot of places that they can follow you. I think probably for me personally, just the Skinny Confidential, him and her podcast. And then any of the shows on Dear Media. Like I said, we have a lot of different shows for Fabulous a lot of shows. people. And um, check them out. You guys, that's it for us this week. And uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye, girl. Bye. Did you enjoy this taste of me? Want more? Then go to taylorstrecker.com and sign up for my daily talk radio show, The Taylor Strecker Show. And listen live or on demand.